This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash DJForceX. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Witchy Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, Celia Kira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to the DJ Force X podcast. This is episode 70 and my special guest this week is Grant Nicholas from the band Feeder. Um, so yeah, stick around for that. They're currently, um, they've got a new album out called All Bright Electric. It is out on Cooking Vinyl right now. Uh, it came out late last year. Uh, so get streaming, get buying. However you consume your music, go listen to it. It's a cracking album. They just released a new single off of that album called Another Day on Earth. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, this interview I uh, recorded not long ago, um, and I've just left it unedited. So we just kind of went into it. No formal introduction. Um, as such, uh, I just kind of wanted to change the format because I was kind of like thinking, listening back on some stuff and, you know. I was just getting a bit formulaic on that front. So this one just happened to just start. Uh, we got chatting about all kinds of stuff going through the interview. Um, and I got a little extra time with him because uh, originally we only kind of, you know, got like a 20 minute slot. You'll hear that in the in the interview, but kind of the conversation just kind of went and uh, we kept going. Um, so uh, all thanks to him uh, on that front. I would have happily stopped at 20, uh, but we just kind of kept going. And um, yeah, this is the resulting uh, interview. So please enjoy it. Uh, if you do enjoy it, uh, please rate, review and share. Um, you know, I'm looking to get some more ratings on iTunes, um, some reviews, just so people who I know are digging it. I know people are listening to it because I get kind of statistics come through that, that say people have touched on the uh, the MP3 or whatever I've uploaded via iTunes and Stitcher and Deezer and TuneIn and Google Play. I get all those like little statistics, but I just want to get some reaction from you, the listener. So if, uh, if you don't mind spending just a couple of minutes, it helps me, helps the artists, helps this show, helps everything. If you just leave a little review and share it with people, if you know a couple of feeder fans for this particular episode, or fans of Grant himself, because he's got a couple of solo alf- um, albums out there. Um, share it with them in case they don't quite catch it. I mean, I'll put it up on my social media and whatnot, but you know, not everyone's on my social media, so you know, get them to get them to get them to listen, rate, and review, um, let let Feeder know that you listen to it as well. That would be great because um, it all helps. You know, where they heard stuff, they so they know where their people are listening to stuff. Um, so yeah, the rate and review will help me and it will help um, everything else along with this show. Uh, also, check out my radio shows. 
Uh, on Tuesdays, 11 p.m. UK time on TotalRock.com, I host Crossing the Streams, uh, which is an hour-long mix of metal and dance music. Um, that also uh, in the US on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern time on TheMix.fm. That's M-I-X-X.fm. Uh, and on Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern time, it is on Full Frequency Radio. Uh, please download their official app and stream the radio station. Um, they got plenty of shows on there. It's not just music. They got some sort of, um, you know, games, sports, stuff like that. Shows that kind of correspond with that as well. So do tune in. Do enjoy. Uh, you can catch my show on demand as well on Mixcloud. So that's mixcloud.com forward slash DJ Force X. That gets uploaded after the show has aired. Uh, and you're free to listen to it whenever, wherever. There are apps for phones and stuff. But all the stations are also available on TuneIn, uh, including this podcast as well. The TuneIn Radio app, which is free. There is a premium one you can pay for with minimal adverts on the actual app. Or they have a streaming service you can pay for as well, um, which is like $10 a month, but you get no ads on anything. Not that the ads really intervene with much, so the free version is generally pretty good. Um, but I can get behind TuneIn because I've been using them for years and... Um, Highly unrated on that front. But anyway, uh, to prevent me from rambling even further, um, I'm going to let you get on with this interview. So this is Grant from Feeder. Enjoy. Is that you with a beard on the picture? Yes. All oh, right, you're putting, okay, you're putting my beard to shame. Okay. <laughs> that picture was taken, I think, about five years ago, so it's a little okay. bit longer than now. Um, Is it even longer than that now? Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. It, it's, it's all right. It's, it's down to yeah. sort of mid-chest range at the moment, so, you know. <laughs> I used to get to a certain length. I've got more sort of Jesus beard. It sort of just sort of stays. It does get bushier, but I've never gone the full... Uh, I've never gone full hog. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. that was taken in, uh, actually, that was taken in Guildford in England. Oh, uh, was it? That picture. Um, for my, I was in a band before I left the UK. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the promo shots like we did. Oh, uh, cool. And, uh, yeah, and since then, I've just kind of let it go. I came over to the States uh, with the family and uh, yeah. just started letting it go. And uh, my work don't mind it and everything, so it's all good. So. It's good. All right, well, so good. Yeah, well... Oh, I'm, I'm too scared to show mine off now. I'm not sure what I'll find in the knee. <laughs> yeah, it's my thing. I, I tell my kids I don't have a chin. That's why I've got that there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, that's cool. Uh, you know, beards are very popular now anyway, so you get away with it. Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. A lot of my work colleagues have beards and stuff. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's the sort of, you know, the sort of generation of beards. Yes. Yeah, um... <laughs> cool. So, is this is this for? So, who's is this interview for? Uh, this is for uh, Total Rock, who are oh. in the UK. Um, so, so you, well, what do what do you freelance for them? Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do that. I have a podcast as well, which this will go up on, um, and oh. I go out on a couple of stations over here as well. So, oh, wicked. Okay, cool. Okay, well, I'm all here. So, yeah. so yeah, about twenty minutes. All right. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, so I'm just into writing. So I've got because I'm off on tour and I'm I'm just uh, I'm just sort of had uh, had a writing thing. I'm trying to write some new songs for our next sort of stage. And 
and I started doing some stuff yesterday. So I mean, kind of that, kind of thinking about the tour, but trying to get these songs done before I go, and it's like quite frustrating. <laughs> you know, it's like when you feel inspired to do something, and, and you know you've only got a sort of very limited time. Yes. Yeah. No, that's right. all right. That's all right. I don't want to keep that's you too long. I don't want to like. Yeah, I've done a few. You know, I've done a few just just before this anyway. So that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, well, yeah. Shoot, you know, let's go for it. Ask me anything you want. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well. Um. Yeah. Again, thank you for doing the show. That's all right. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, basically I I kind of uh, since I moved to the UK, uh, for, to the USA, um, everything kind of dropped off the radar, and then I was a big fan of you guys back in many years ago. Uh, so you guys in Reading, uh, <laughs> Reading Festival, probably ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, okay, we're talking. Right. We're talking. I was like in my late teens at that point. So okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, I got, you I, make you feel. You make you feel very old. I'm not trying to make you feel too old. I mean, I'm. I'm I just turned thirty seven, right. so I'm feeling a little bit aged myself. Uh, my beard well, is grey. Speaking of the beard, you're three years behind me. You're three years behind me, yeah. but it's not. It's not a massive gap. No. No, but my, uh, I, I've got a few grey hairs in my beard as well. So, yeah. but apparently, it makes us look more distinguished. Apparently, yes, yeah. People thought <laughs> I frosted it to start with, but no, it's natural. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, I got sent your single, uh, the latest one, "Another Day on Earth." Okay, um, so you got that. Just okay. Right. I got that one, and then I went back. I, I checked out the album and stuff because, like I said, I totally missed it last year. Uh, the All Bright Electric album. Uh, yeah. Which is your ninth. Is, uh, I think it is. Yeah, it's our ninth official album. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, obviously, you know, your next one's going to be a tenth. So I don't know what you can do with that one. <laughs> As no. you're writing right now, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I am. We've got a few plans, a few other things in between. So um, you know, um, obviously, we'll let you know if it happens. But um, yeah, cool. there will be some more stuff. It's just that uh, you know, I'm still inspired to write, so I might as well do it. Whilst, yeah. You know, while I still am. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with the album, um, yeah, I, I I've been giving it a listen on and off uh, since I sort of got that single, yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 quite different from what I remember you guys being, uh, in as oh, much okay. as no, just a different style which bands evolve, you know, and um, yeah. it's it's uh, I kind of um, picked up a couple of uh, different sides of your influences in there, um, just in as much as like there's a slight Black Sabbath sound to it. Yeah, okay. there is there definitely. That's why I grew up listening to a lot of that stuff, and mm. some of the first songs I played on guitar were sort of Black Sabbath covers. Yeah, and you can you can hear that in the way I think the first couple of tracks on there, the vocal mix of it is just it's got that Aussie sound to it. Oh, um, quite interesting. I never really thought that. No, I've never, I think I've never been compared to Aussie before. That's all right. It's not bad comparison. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've had far worse comparisons. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's in that range where you know when I sing. Know, when I sing more mellow stuff and I use I've got a bit more of a uh, a fuller voice I've got you know people say I've got a bit of a Johnny Cash in my lower range mm. um, which was probably come through more as you get older you know your voice yeah. changes a bit but I mean I can still you know it's just you know, we, we, with this record I, I, I think it's got a lot of it's got a lot of certain bits on it that you know, you know when I hear it um, you know I kind of touched on what I was doing with early stuff like Polythene Period and Swim yeah you know, guitar-wise, and some of the riffs and stuff, but obviously, musically, production, sort of vocally, I'm doing some, you know, I'm doing some different stuff, which is, you know, which is, you know, like you said, you know, but if we hadn't evolved after 20 something years of being in a band, it'd be a bit weird, you know, just doing the same old formula all the time. But it's also important to try and keep, I think what I have done is I've always kept my guitar sort of tones, I think they're quite distinctively me anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and just the way I do melodies and harmonies and backing vocals is quite a trademark. And I think that's all there, but... Yeah, of course, it's a slightly different record. I think it's I'm, I'm slightly more comfortable with what I'm doing now, and that's maybe just from 
you know, I'm not going to sing or write, you know, what I was doing when I was sort of in my 20s, because that would just be weird. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But, that... uh, you know, but it, it's a, you know, it is a rock album. We want to get back to some big riffs, but there's some really mellow songs on there, like the single, and uh, there's a song there called Oh Mary, which yeah. touches on, you know, but we were doing songs like Oh Mary back in the day. You know, we had songs like Swim, and, you know, I, 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 yeah, we've always had that slight mellow side to us as well. Yeah. Yeah, one one of your favourite tracks of of yours of mine even uh, is uh, "Feeling a Moment," which is from obviously okay way back. Um, lots of woos. Yeah, lots of woos. <laughs> I don't. Really, I think it's just at the time that song was uh, I don't know, very important to me. At that point, it kind of hit that note. It's a really uh, popular song. I mean, even with some of my fans who are really into heavy stuff, they're into proper heavy. You know, they you know it, it's it's amazing because you you think oh they're going to hate stuff like that, but often you know people pick up on the songs you least you know that you wouldn't really expect them to like but you know but every heavy band pretty much in rock and roll history in general will have some sort of like ballad or something slow even you know yeah. even the sabbath you know what i mean yeah no exactly. and it's i so i think there's always there's always that slight open mind in rock you know music sort of you know just in the way people hear rock cuz i think it's not a shock for a rock band to have something which is more mellow you know what i mean yeah no definitely. it just makes it more interesting and also it makes the band more interesting, I think. Otherwise, it'd be very sort of one-dimensional. Yeah, it gives you that dynamic range. Because, um, like you said yeah. before, if you were still writing the same thing over and over and over again, yeah, you know, there's no evolution. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of sort of like classic musicians, if you will. Um, yeah, I had um, uh, the guitarist from Kansas on last year, and how, okay. how they've evolved, like, kind of to a point where, you know, it's like they're 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 writing the songs they want to write. They always kind of have it's it's they have their certain sort of sounds and obviously the evolution yeah. of that band being that not many of them are still in the band because uh, <laughs> yeah. of the age of the band but it's um it's kind of um like they've they 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 evolve even you know that kind of um sound they listen to what's going on around them but at the same yeah. time they know the sort of uh what they want to write yeah exactly well, i think you have to and i think as i i think on this record after being away you know Four years, and you know, it wasn't planned on me that long. I basically started writing for a few kind of, kind of actually more acoustic artists, a bit more, some a bit more Americana style, and yeah. all sorts of couple of young artists. I would start writing for. I thought just wanted a little bit of time. I wanted just, I wanted to break that cycle that Bidero is around tour, tour, you know, album. And I just felt like I just needed a little bit of a break. It wasn't any bad vibes, you know. We had a great show at Brixham Academy, you know, just so we did, you know, like did, did you know, so we stopped on the back of a pretty big show. And I just said, look, I just want to have a bit of time out. I said, you know, let's take a year or so off. And it ended up being four years because I did two solo records and they did quite well. And, and I just really enjoyed it. And it was just really good for my headspace and good. I think it's been good for Fido because I think it's, it's, it's actually inspired me to write in a slightly different way and maybe try a few things out that I maybe was a bit scared to do before because you're always trying to sort of keep everyone happy and, you know, second guess, you know, what the fans want. And I think, well, this record, you know, we kind of made you know or i certainly made the album that i really wanted to make and just sort of you know it's just a bonus that most of the fans or pretty much all of them actually has been you know really good feedback mm. have actually really really liked the record so i mean i'm not surprised because i think it's got enough it's got enough elements in there that tick boxes for you from previous work but i just think as a record on a personal level you may disagree sonically it just feels you know really complete and although the songs are quite different some of them in moods and start you know in kind of you know, you've obviously got some mellow stuff as well as the heavier stuff. Yeah. To me, it, it, to me, it really gels as a record. And that's really hard to achieve. I mean, you've been in a band, you know how hard it is to do that sometimes. Yeah. 
you know, because, you know, if you put a really slow song on a big heavy record, it can sound like a sore thumb. But for me, it felt like it just sort of feels like a nice body of work. You know, not a concept album, but it felt like it had a really good flow. And all the songs I wrote, there were some classic Vida songs that I didn't put on the record. I felt just took it too far kind of away from that. Yeah. No, it, so, it uh, felt yeah. Um, complete, as you yeah. were saying. Because I listen to it, like, well, I like to listen to albums through. Um, yeah. When, a lot of like I get a lot of singles sent to me, but I like if the band have the album, I always like just give me the album and then just see how, you know, uh, if there's any other tracks, you know, I kind of want to pick out of it for my shows and stuff. Um, yeah. But this album, I love I, it from start to finish. It was great because it kind of starts kind of heavy, like I said, with that yeah. kind of like, like I mentioned before, that kind of Sabbathy sound. That um, yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes off and uh, infrared ultraviolet was a really cool track. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, one. that's one of my yeah. Actually, that's one of my favorites. Actually, it's a good choice. Um, yeah. I like obviously I like Universal Life just because it's a bit a good old rocking riff, you know. Um, you know, it's it's got some you know it's sort of you know it's freedom. I mean, people sort of. It's had sort of you know comparisons like Sabbath, you know riffs, and obviously you know you know we've always you know you know we we always get the sort of smashing pumpkin things of the guitars and you know dynamics, but you know what I mean they're two great bands so that's fine by me. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's not a bad comparison for those two. So no, yeah, we started around the same time as Pumpkin, so you know so there's always going to be that kind of you know I think we've probably got very similar musical backgrounds and you know you can hear it. I know you know what I've read on their interviews there certainly of a similar era to us you know yeah definitely definitely so you said you um uh, during your break obviously you, you had your solo albums um and you said you were writing for some other bands or other like individuals not bands but no it started off to, uh, doing that i was approached because my publisher always asked me to write but i'm not really into that kind of you know there's a massive writing thing with pop artists and stuff that a lot of people yeah. who ex-band members do and you know you can and some have been very successful you know some have ended up writing for god knows who ed sheeran and you know and yeah. and Adele, these people, and you know, you can make an apps. You know, if you if you if you get the right song away, you know, the right artist, you can make an absolute fortune. But it's not an area that I really am that passionate about doing. I'm not saying I wouldn't dabble with it more. But anyway, it, it sort of started. I'll do a bit of writing, and then it, and I got pretty attached to the stuff, and uh, just felt like too much of a personal record. So it just ended up being a solo record. I didn't plan on doing a solo record. Okay. That's that's what it became. So I didn't really get into the. Uh, full-on writing thing it's something i may do a little bit of in the future but i i'm just really enjoying sort of getting back into focusing on feeder and doing a little bit of solo stuff in between you know yeah. no that's that, that's something i was just curious because like you said a lot of people go into that and i've i've i know people yeah have, i mean been... I, I get i get asked a lot to do it you know it's quite flattering you know not just you know rock bands i mean actually you know, a lot of pop acts i mean a lot of a lot of pop artists and even you know, even some r&b people seem to really love you know, working with people from a, like a rock side, because I think it's that sort of collaboration thing that's, can, can, you know, that can bring quite interesting ideas, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, you know, for them, it's probably it's probably quite cool having like a rock thing, you know, because it's, it's not their world, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. But I think it's the right one, though, because I mean, some can be great and some can be just be awful, you know. I think you either... <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm not quite ready to sort of, you know, sort of... Uh, put myself out there and just sort of write any old, you know, work with any old thing. I think I, I think I'd have to be, it'd have to be something I either liked or like a real challenge to see if I can do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's still yeah, nice to be asked though. You know, it's something maybe uh, I'll do when I'm too, uh, when I'm too old to jump around on the stage. <laughs> That's a long way off. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, you know, checking. But the you know, good thing about the solo stuff is I can can imagine myself doing that when I've. In my, you know, when I've got a beard your length and a bit of greyer, <laughs> whereas, you know, I'm not sure I can imagine myself jumping around doing Lost and Found at, 
Um, but you never know. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Tom Petty said the same thing. He's still doing it, and I'm sure. You know, you know, Dave Grohl's pretty much my age, and he's still doing it. So you never know. Yeah, you still got the Stones out there, and they're still doing it. So you know, I supported them about four times. I know. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite that old, but. <laughs> But it gives you hope for the future, though. So you know. Yeah, and I feel good, actually, you know, you know, music, you know, it does, it does. Uh, well, it it makes you feel like you're actually younger than you are. I think. Yeah, yes. No. Yeah, it definitely does. When you hear that song and you're playing that song, and it just gives you that energy that you didn't know you had. So. It's out of the view. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've been in the band for obviously many years, over twenty years. You've had feeder. Um, how obviously the industry has changed quite a lot in that time. Um, obviously with the digital revolution and all that kind of stuff. How have you, how have you had to adapt to that? Um, do you, have you tried um, anything? Well, you know, I think, I, I, I think everyone, you know what? Well, I mean, it's very difficult. Cause I mean, I think everyone's had the same thing really apart from, you know, obviously young kids and new bands, you know, they're, that's what they're used to. So it's not a big shock to them, but I think, I think you have to adapt. I mean, it's a, I, I, I think if you, if you try and fight against it, it's a mistake in the same way as labels should have embraced technology and embraced that because they could have made a lot more money and, and really, you know, rather than trying to sue all this stuff, all these da- you know, it, I think the problem is, I think you have to, you have to kind of use it to your advantage. I mean, it has its plus points and it has its obviously negative points, you know, you know, you know, you, I mean, obviously you earn a lot less money because people just want music for free. Mm. But you could also argue the fact that, well, if people hadn't heard that song on that thing for free, then they wouldn't have come to your gig. So it's kind of a double-edged sword for me personally, um, and I'll never change. I mean, you know, they probably stopped making it at some point, but I still love to have, like, a physical CD, and I love that whole process of doing the artwork and just seeing it on the screen. As much as I love, you know, laptops and, you know, you know what you can do with computers, I still love to, you know, that whole physical thing is part of what I like about being in a band and making records. Yeah. Yeah, it's part. It's Hello? part of it. I'm oh, it's still there. Yeah, Sorry. Still here. Sorry, I thought you were falling asleep. No, no, no. I was just letting <laughs> yeah, you speak. I was just letting you speak. You know, I love. You know, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I love that kind of. Um, you know, I still love that. You know, we. I spent hours. You know, sort of going through all the you know artwork and the right stuff, and with you know, you know, working with some great people and making sure everyone's everyone's credited who worked on the record and who produced it, and you know, down to every last person. You know. Uh, it was just some kid just like making tea in the corner. I, I, I think it's really important. I think for me, I used to work in studio, so I know how that, if you've been part of a record, yeah. it's nice to be credited for that. So I think what I'm trying to say is it's a much more, it's, a far, it's much faster now. It's much more disposable. Well. I don't think people, some people do, don't get me wrong, and some kids are really embracing, like vinyl's doing, you know, doing quite well, which is quite encouraging. Yeah. But I think the kind of, it's just the availability and the easiness of just being to just buy it on iTunes, wherever it is. It's so much easier. And I, you know, I, and I totally get that. It's not that different to when I was a kid when you used to borrow your mate's like, favourite Led Zeppelin record or Black Sabbath album and just go and tape it at home. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> and did you ever get them all? So Probably that... not. <laughs> you know, you probably bought like, a lot of them eventually, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a different world. It's just a different world. I think, I think the physical side of things you know it's just not there like it used to be it's there as a more of a collectible cool underground thing but that's fine i think as long as it's still there for me i'm happy enough with that but it's, it's a shame because i think you know i think uh you know i like to actually 
owned a record or a CD in and, and, and have that as a body of work that I know that band have worked hard to do, you know? Yeah, no, I'm the it same. Might just be a bit of, it might just be a bit of plastic and a bit of, you know, you know a few photos in the sleeve, whatever it is, but to me, that's all part of it, you know? Yeah. That's all part of records and, you know, looking at old albums, it's just like, wow, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, whether it ever comes back, you know, whether I think the CD thing will just probably fizzle out, but whether it comes back in, you know, people get so sick of technology to go back to old school, I don't know. There'll always be an underground, um, you know, a demand for it. But, yeah, so I think we've adapted. We just, you know, we've just accepted you have to embrace technology. I mean, I do Facebook. I don't do much on my own personal Facebook, to be honest, but I do. I do a lot on the band when I never used to, and I do do that a lot. Um, so I do try and keep in touch with fans. Also, I do Instagram and stuff like that, which I know is everyone's doing it. But some artists are really funny about doing stuff like that, especially older artists. You know, they're they're a bit sort of you know it's out of touch with it all. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. And it's always good that so, the yeah. artist takes that. So. You yeah. Know. You know, we do embrace technology, and we try and keep in touch with fans as much as possible. But you know. It's just a weird world, you know. You never would sort of, you know, apart from met some fan after a gig or some somebody in the supermarket who's a fan of the band, whatever. You never really quite know what they thought of, you know, the music you're making. But yeah. whereas now, you can just see it plastered everywhere, yeah. for better or worse, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone's a critic now, even your fans, you know. They are. <laughs> well, they have instant access to you. So whereas and, before, and, and, and you get to read it. I think it's just a far. I think I think you just have to decide how far you know what you're comfortable, how far you want to go with it. I'm I'm, I'm actually a pretty private. Person. I'm not someone that sort of throws themselves around the press and tries. You know, I'm not probably the best network in the world, but I'm still happy enough to, you know, to appreciate you know like, you know like the fan base and to sort of keep in touch with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's always good yeah. to hear from an artist. So hopefully that was a long answer. But I mean, that's all I can say, really. But it is, it's, uh, it, it's tough for young bands, you know, to make a living, I have to admit, because unless you're, you know, if you're a bigger band, obviously maybe it's hard to get on the A-list of Radio 1 because you know, they're going to play some young band who are 18. That's, that's their demograph now. That's their age group we're going for. But at the same time, if you're a, if you're a tiny band, you're really lucky, you know, do you get the fees? Do you get offered the headline stocks of festivals? Do you get that? So it's kind of a, and that's often how you can make your money because unless you're selling, you know, like thousands of records, which most bands aren't, it's, it's tough, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think what we used to sell back in the day, we even even get in the top 20, it was, I mean, it was a lot of records. Yeah. No. You know? That has I mean, changed. it's a joke now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you can, you know, I've seen, like, you know, there's been number one records that have sold like, 20,000 copies in a week. I mean, you know, you know, that never would have happened in the 90s. I mean, that would have, you know, that would have barely even made the top top 60 or something. Yeah, yeah that would have been considered a flop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you do 50,000 records now in the UK, that's almost like doing half a million yeah. 10 years ago. It, honestly, it, it is that different. Yeah, it's crazy. It's mad. It, it, is, it is mad. But I can't really see it necessarily changing, you know. No, not until the technology kind of, adapts i guess or the, the companies adapt to the technology yeah it's one of those but, you know but then i suppose people can get noticed where you can get noticed before you know there's there's rare cases people get spotted on things where it's on youtube whatever it is so it's you know so sometimes it works for certain acts and i think depending yeah. on what kind of music you're doing as well but probably for pop for pop and r&b and stuff like that it's probably it's probably better for that style of business but i think for rock bands it's maybe not quite as good technology sort of thing sometimes yeah no definitely definitely um, so what what are your current plans for feeder? Uh, what have you got coming up? Uh, world domination. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, we're you know we're feeling really good at the moment. I think I think the break did us really good. I wouldn't say I was jaded when we took when I decided to take a time out, but I just felt a little bit kind of just need to really think about what I'm going to do next. And uh, you know, I knew that I would do more feeder stuff because it's been a massive part of my life. It's like my baby, really. So I couldn't you know as much as it can get you down at times. You know, when things don't always work out, it's it's you know I still love doing it, and you know, you know, tackling myself, you know, still get on well, and you know, we still like doing it. So. I think I think our plans are just to just to keep making music for as long as we feel, you know, we you know we're making good music and, and like connecting with some people, you know. Yeah. And you know, and you know, I'm really enjoying playing live as well. Which I it might sound weird, but there's sometimes you know there's been certain points where, I mean, I would say probably hand on heart, I'm probably more of a of a studio guy. Yeah. I mean, I love that whole kind of writing, getting the studio, producing. And that's what I really love because there's no I don't know, you just do it in your own space. But, I don't know, since I've come back and since doing my solo record, I've really sort of got you know, more into doing the live thing again as well. So it's sort of a nice combination of the two, really. Cool. I might say I didn't enjoy playing live before I did, but I definitely feel like I'm enjoying it more now than I think I was, you know, uh, before the break. Yeah, uh, that's cool. It's always good to take time out. Um I, I had the I same kind to. of thing going I mean, I on. I think you with, need to. Yeah, I mean, I had, yeah. at the time I didn't know it uh, when I when I was like kind of when my band kind of disbanded. Yeah. Um, but it was really good after like a month yeah. of kind of being a bit like oh, I don't really know, and then kind of contemplating doing more musical things, joining other bands, stuff like that. Um, I just like suddenly realized that this break's actually pretty good. Gives me time to concentrate on some other stuff. So. Yeah, well, I think it did me good. I think I didn't, and then I realised actually a lot of things I was thinking. I'm not really d- digging this. I was actually thinking, well, actually, I do dig it. I miss it. You know, sometimes you, you know, you need to sort of almost like kind of realise, appreciate actually what you know what you're doing. But it takes yeah. time out sometimes to really realise that, which is the same in a lot of things in life, not just music. But no, no, it's you know, like when I moved yeah. here, a lot of stuff I was cut off from, and this is where the birth of my radio show came from, basically, right? Because um, I was a DJ in the UK as well. Okay. Uh, I hosted, uh, well, I, I had a residency at a, a rock night in, uh, okay. in Surrey in Woking uh, for oh, like cool. 10 years. So <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like, I took a break from it, obviously after coming over here and then sort of evolving everything, kind of keeping my creativity going with my, I've got like two radio shows that I do now and a podcast. So, because um, I couldn't really break into the scene here because it was very, um, the DJ side of it is very commercialized top 40 type yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah and yeah, I know. i'm just not into that i don't I, I could do it but i'm just not into that so yeah. um but yeah no definitely breaks are they can be good even if you don't realize yeah. it so yeah i mean you know we'd love to come back you know it's been such a long time since we told the states and we had you know we've got loads of pockets of fans out there and you know even after all these years but you know we did some serious you know back in the day you know back in you know when you saw us on reading time and before that you know we spent a hell of a lot of time in the states yeah because when i mentioned we, it to a couple of my I mentioned to a couple of my work colleagues that you were coming on a show and they're like, oh, wow, I haven't heard of those guys in a while, you know, in a long time. And they saw you guys. I think one of them said they saw you uh, on a support for... Was it Everclear or something? Yeah, might have been. Might have been Everclear. Uh, we, yeah, we did, yeah, we did I mean, loads of bands. I don't even know if, if some of them were going. There was, well, we, did, we, well, we did quite a few shows with Everclear and they came over here and opened for us because we were bigger here than they were at the time. So it was out of the favor okay we'll play with you there and you come and play with us there. and it, we, you know both tours were really great actually really successful and they and they, and they were pretty big at that time in the states as well they were doing good sized places yeah and uh, and then we toured with a couple of quite 90s kind of 
old school grungy bands like Candlebox. Remember, I don't know if oh, you yeah, uh, remember uh, them. Candlebox, yeah. a, bank of stab, a bank of Stabbing Westwood. Oh yes, yeah, no Stabbing. A little bit electronic, but quite sort of yeah. They, you know, they were quite a good band actually. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, oh, you know, we did loads out there. We did loads of festivals, and uh, it was it was a really fun time. It was it was it was tiring, but we literally, you know, we we had a great time. We did, I think we did forty two states. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So I probably see more of America than most of. You know, you know, you know, say most of the, kind of more than the uh, sort of average American scene, really. But yes. it was, yeah, it, it was a great time. But you know, we'd love to come back there and do it. So you know, whether we come, there's a lot of expats there as well. If you go to LA and stuff, you go and see a British band, and half the audience are actually British anyway. Yeah, yeah, I got a <laughs> couple bad. of friends out that way now. They've uh, moved over yeah, from yeah. the states, so from the UK. But um, actually, you know, we almost we were booked to do South by Southwest this year, and it was all all going ahead. We went ahead, headline something for this label, and it was all looking really good. And I think Radio Six Music were involved, and they were going to come and do a big thing on us. And, it, and it, it's some something went wrong. They they couldn't cover the fees enough or something sort of last minute it's a, you know, it's a shame so it would have been a really nice way of just sort of came back and doing a show it could have opened up a few things for us you know yeah, yeah. but we but will come back so you, so you need to spread the word on your on your podcast on I your will. show I will don't worry <laughs> so definitely uh, we definitely would you know we, we would jump at the chance to come back and do some shows there cool cool well I've got a couple of questions left for you um, okay and then I can let you go I know we've yeah. been over a little right. 20 minutes or so. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, the most bizarre situation you found yourself in? It's a bit of a most, random question, but uh, you've been around for a while, so let's see what... For... <laughs> most bizarre situation. That's quite a tricky one. Um, I don't know about bizarre, but I can say, uh, I'll tell you quite a frightening one that we got into once. We, I think we got uh, almost into a, a, a quite a major fight with, I think they were, at the, this is obviously going back in the time where obviously Northern Ireland was pretty, you know, there was a lot of IRA activity, I know there still is, and we got into some uh, quite a nasty uh, situation uh, at the hotel we were staying in with a couple. I'm um, pretty sure they were connected to IRA or something. Uh, all I remember is Tacker hitting one of them over the head with, the, with, his, <laughs> with a pair of trainers or something that he had in the bag from the gig that we had done. And these guys coming at us, and all I remember is our, our crew holding back this door, and another glass with like the wire bit in, you know, the sort of reinforced yeah. glass it has like a wire bit, you know, it looks a bit like a sort of rabbit hut wire, you know, I'm yeah. not sure what you call that glass. It's pretty hard to break. Literally, this guy put his fist through it, like trying to get to us. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not really a weird situation, but it's one that stay, that, that, that's still on my mind. And I remember that we were going, like running around the corridors of this hotel. And every door that we try and like, barricade and close, these guys would like break down. And I think, I think like, eventually, um, like a like a like an armored car came, and some army came in, and it was all uh, it was all you know they, you know obviously you know got rid of these guys, but it was pretty terrifying. I have to admit. Yeah, no, I can imagine that. Yes. So. Uh, I mean, so it was, so maybe maybe Tucker should have hit one over the head with his thing, but to be fair. <laughs> They were being pretty disrespectful. They were drunk, and I think they said something to me, and Taka was being sort of, I don't know, he was sort of like batting me up. I think he had a few drinks as well. Yeah. And, he, and he went all sort of samurai on us. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, he, you know, fair play to him. Um, he wasn't having any of it. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> anyway, that's one simple little story. You know, you know, there's, you know, there's been many. There's been many trash door buses in America, another being a... Um, 
uh, thrown off a tour bus by the driver because uh, I think I broke a rib um, after a drunken night of Jägermeister when, <laughs> funny enough, it was Tacker involved again. It, he pushed me. I fell awkwardly. I broke my rib and I was in so much pain and extremely drunk that I completely freaked out because I'd been told and, and ripped the table off um, out of the kitchen in the tour bus. Oh. So that was quite uh, interesting. I mean, these aren't really... I'm not really answering your question. I'm just trying to give you a few rock and roll oh, stories. No, that's absolutely fine. It's all good. It's a situation. And in most cases, yeah, it's not, you yeah. don't expect to run yeah. into any kind yeah. of like Irish, you know, IRA type things going on. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, I remember it being in the UK and how prominent well, it, was, it was. I'm going back a long time. This is early days of feeders. So it was yeah. still, you know, there was still like checkpoints going into new gigs and stuff. It was quite a different place. Yeah. And I've been there recently. You know, that's actually really nice. And I know there's, a few things about Bubbling Way, but, you know, it's actually not a bad city. And I don't, I've got a lot of friends who are from Belfast. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool. so that's one. But, you know, there's, you know, otherwise they're all like Jarrett things, like, you know, people we tour with and go on a few private jets stuff. But that's all, it's all very boring. That's all, it's all fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what are your uh, three top albums of all time? Do you know what? I, I probably don't have three, but I'll just pick three just off the top of my head. Go um, oh, God. Um... Oof, God, let me just try and think now. You really put me on the spot. Um, I, I'm going to go with Harvest Neil Young because I love, um, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. Cool. Um, I'll go with, uh, I wish Led Zeppelin album. I love them all, but I'll go with House of the Holy. Cool, yeah. Um, I, I always love that record. I was up to sleeve as well. And, oh God, do I go Beatles or do I go? <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough question. Um, <laughs> Actually, I really like Revolver, the, uh, the Beatles. Yep. Great record. Yep. Cool. It was just because it was so, it was, so, it was quite a brave record, if you know, for its time. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. That was a, so... I mean, if you ask me that question in, in five minutes, I'll give you three different albums. But that's, that's absolutely what... fine. If the first three are off your head, that's all good. Um, <laughs> so, what, what do you do away from music? What do you, have you got any hobbies or anything like that when you're not writing, performing? I'm very boring. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty much like music is my hobby. But no, I mean, I've got two young kids, so obviously okay. I do. Them. But I used to, I mean, I love, you know, I don't really have any now, but I have, you know, I quite like uh, classic cars and stuff like that. You know, it's a bit predictable, but I love, I love, you know, in, in general, I quite like old, um, you know, I'm quite into sort of, I'm not, in, you, know, you know, I'm not sort of totally, you know, like a picker or anything, but I do like old kind of quirky things. Like I, I sort of collect a lot of sort of vintage stuff. I have a lot of old lights and kind of weird stuff in my house, you know, sort of. Not neon, but that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, like box, like old theatre lights. And um, I love anything like that. I've got lights everywhere. If you look at my house, it, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit wacky, yeah. So nice. I do collect a lot of, you know, I like, you know, I'm not totally American pickers, but I do love, I do love sort of trying to sort of find interesting little things in little places. But unfortunately, since all this program's been on TV, everybody knows how much they're worth. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the pain, the pain so of it. So it's pushed the value right up. You used to be able to buy something like like sort of 50 quid and now it's about sort of like five grand or something you yeah. know like you find a theater that's closing down with a whole bunch of old lighting and you're like oh i'll go in there yeah, you know, a I know fiver, those you days know. of finding amazing sign in a... yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely you do a you, you do sometimes you know find the odd little bargains in some little place you might be but unfortunately uh uh, yeah, I think those days of the absolute bargains are quite hard to find now. Yeah. But yeah, I sort of do that, you know, I'm into that. Um, 
yeah, you know, any, anything like that, you know, old stuff, um, you know, any any unusual art stuff, anything like that, you know, just sort of, yeah, that's that's what keeps me, that's what keeps me you know, sort of happy. Cool, cool. Uh, I've got a couple of fan questions left now. Um, All right. That's cool. <laughs> I got one from uh, Andy Chapman. He's in the UK. Um, he goes, are there any songs that you would like to cover from an, um, from another style of music in your own style? Another style of music, you know, like sort of, oh so nothing, not, not anything from the rock genre, I guess. Oh, it's very difficult to say, really. <laughs> uh, what about pop? Yeah, I mean that's away from rock. It's a separate section in HMV, so almost. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's quite a tough one. No, I'm saying so. So, so my wife's just butting in here. <laughs> you know, I've been asked. I've been asked what 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 song I would cover in our style from any year, but not rock, you know. I mean, something, you know, pop's always a challenge because it, it has quite a, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, well, some pop is sort of seen as being a little bit uncool, you know, especially in the 80s. But, I mean, I, I'm not, I actually quite like a lot of 80s pop. I mean, I probably would cover something by Human League or something like that. Okay, cool. That might surprise people, or maybe even like, uh, even you know, it might surprise some people. Even, even something like Duran Duran, or or just something a little bit, you know, what you know, people wouldn't expect me to do, you know. Yeah. Cool. You know, those bands, you know, were big when I was a kid. Of course, I was into rock music, but I did quite like a lot of, especially sort of more synthy stuff from the eighties. You know, I loved, you know, I was, I was like really into Gary Newman. I know Gary Newman's does a little bit, of, you know, he, he sort of crosses over into the rock thing now, but yeah. I, I've always loved a lot, uh, you know, I'm quite into a lot of 80s keyboard stuff, so it'd probably be something from that era. Nice, nice. I, I wouldn't be doing anything, I wouldn't be doing some jazz thing or anything, I'm not, it's, I, I mean, I like jazz, but I'm not, I, I don't know enough about it to start covering it. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a slight resurgence now with the uh, 80s, like, uh, synth wave sound coming back as well, I think. Well, I mean, I think it's been happening for quite a while, I mean, I mean, I mean you can hear it all over, you know, a lot of bands, I mean, I mean, I put, I mean we, we got loads of 80s keyboards on feeder stuff, I mean, I've always done it, but it, it's sort of disguised in there. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I love Depression Mode, that sort of stuff, you know, they're one of the cooler sort of bands that sort of touched on that sound, but, you know, I, I think it's been bubbling around, It's it's been in and out for the last sort of 10 years, I think, really, pretty much, you know, you could say the Killers have got, you know, a lot of 80s influences in their yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah. but, they're still, but they're still kind of a rock and roll band at the same time so it's quite quite an interesting mix you know yeah yeah um, so I've got another one uh, this one's from a guy called Mark Hardy um, he saw you back in 1996 at the Astoria 2 uh, supporting, okay. supporting Everclear in fact well school uh, yes um, ah, right. he said he said it was a great gig he bought your EP the Swim EP um, okay so his question is who have you been um what, who's been your influences since since then? Because um, he's going through. I should have read this before because we've already kind of discussed influences. Yeah. Um, so he went through uh, like your discography, and there were some parts that kind of have a Foo Fighters side to it. And he said um, this latest one, you've kind of got like an Arctic Monkeys sound almost. Um, really? Uh, right. Have those stuff. kind of sounds influenced you over the years? I don't think Arctic Monkeys have. I mean, I think I suppose you know. I mean, I think they're a great band. Uh, yeah. But I hear a lot of, you know, when I hear Arctic Monkeys, I hear a lot of bands that I kind of like in their in, in their sounds, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Food Fighters and Feeder are very, you know, we I think we've always been quite similar bands because you know you could going back to sort of, you know, our more kind of poppier stuff, our poppy heavier stuff, you know, like um, Insomnia's and that kind of stuff. I'm not saying it sounds like Foo's, but 
it's definitely in that kind of genre. If you listen to early Food Fighter stuff, you know, we started probably a little bit before the foods, actually. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it's, it, it's a formula that I'm, yeah, I, mean, I can see what he's saying there, but I think we're quite a different band if you listen to us as a body of work. I think, you know, I love the foods. I think they're great. You know, there's some great records, but I think we're quite different bands because we do stuff that they just wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I've sat down and tried to sort of copy any of those bands. I think I just appreciate those bands. I, th- I think you naturally, if you if you write music and you're in a band and you're surrounded by bands that you like, you, you know, I think the, you know you're always trying to sort of push yourself. And I, I think it's good to not necessarily you know to get ideas from other bands as well. I think that's a natural thing that any. I think everyone does that. Yeah. Even 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 the Beatles did that. You know what I mean? They yeah. were trying to be where it was and influenced by Elvis and a lot of the Skittle thing at the time. Yeah. Um, it's not a, it's it's not a conscious thing, but I'm, I don't think I've I'm yeah. I mean the Arctic Monkeys thing that's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, but then I you know you can you know, if you listen to the new you know the sort of later Arctic Monkeys stuff you can hear a lot of you can hear a lot of sort of Queens of the Stone Age so, you know you can hear that in there you know sort of obviously Josh Holm you know producing their records has brought something to their sound yeah definitely I was going to say because uh, he he had a hand in know, that so. but uh, you know what I'm, at least you mentioned two good bands but what I would <laughs> say to him at the Astoria gig he came to uh, Everclear was supporting us by the way <laughs> it was it was the other way around the other way around. Okay. Yeah, and that that was a, that was a great gig because I remember doing uh, a feature with me and Art uh, for um, a Kerrang magazine at the time, and I think I had a black eye, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I might be wrong, but um, anyway, um, cool. Yeah, cool. Well, and yeah. I've got one last question. Um, it's a short one. Uh, it's from Craig Minter in the UK yeah. again. Uh, favorite flavor of cider to drink from a lemon. Uh, well, obviously, you know, <laughs> lemon cider, yeah. Yes. Mixing lemonade and cider, that's my childhood uh, um, introduction to alcohol. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, it's going to have to be lemon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, that's cool. I just thought that was a comedy one. I do <laughs> quite like, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, but I do quite like, um, I, I do quite like some of the... Um, sort of you know these sort of you know all the new organic cider stuff is quite good yeah my wife's a big cider drinker and uh, she's, she's recently got into the ginger ale like oh yeah cider. i haven't tried that one I've tried that. Uh, no, that sounds good. yeah she found one called dragon's breath which is available in the uk <laughs> um and uh yeah apparently she like she really likes it i'm not an alcohol i'm not an alcoholic drinker so I'm, i can't okay. question on it i like ginger beer as a you know as a soft drink but um yeah she says she says it's really nice so yeah, I can imagine it's, it gives it, it has a bit of a burn to it from the ginger in there yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Cool, cool. So um, thank you, Grant. That's um, all right. I very Good much pleasure. appreciate your time um, with this. I know you were kind of in between recording and writing and whatnot. So. Yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah just, it's actually quite a nice sunny day here for a change. It's quite, it's quite, <laughs> it feels, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's actually quite nice. It sort of cheers up the whole, you know, you know, whole of London when you get a little bit of good weather, you know. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I miss London it's a lot. Ta- so. Yeah, it, it's not Tampa, but it's, <laughs> yeah. at least it's out. You know, I mean, I'm I'm looking out my window, looking at my pool, so I can't complain. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All right. All right, take care, dude. All right.